the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Every morning is a new opportunity to take in the news of the day and the challenges of life and try to make sense of it all. Right now, we've got a show that tackles the topics and asks what you think. So get ready to start your day with a bold look at history as it happens. Let's learn, live, and sometimes laugh together. It's the Mark Davis Show on 660 AM. The answer. All right, everybody, come on in. The aforementioned 9 o'clock hour is now underway. What will we do before we are done? There are a couple of things from the weekend I haven't gotten to yet, but we've had this one on the book since last week and glad to do it. Let's dive into the Texas 26th Congressional Primary. Dr. Michael Burgess headed out and a whole bunch of people interested in being his successor. As we take a look at a variety of candidates in a variety of races headed toward the March 5th primary, uh, early voting starts on February 20th. And today, by the way, today is the last day to register to vote in that primary. So timely to talk to anybody in any race but as it so happens we're having a chat with scott army running in texas 26 welcome scott how you doing sir good morning i'm doing great thank you mark for letting me join you nice to have you so i we, we spoke a couple weeks ago i guess how's the race going have we had some forums have you as you're you're carving out any territory there it's a busy scrum of people anything that seems to be your territory any view you hold or any uh, any uh, attribute do you bring that seems to be uniquely or almost uniquely yours? Yeah, I think that my territory is the 26th district. Uh, I've been here for more than 50 years, uh, served here as Denton County Judge, Denton County Commissioner, and this is our home. It's, it's uh, where we raised our family and and uh, and made our lives, and this is this is our home. It always will be, and so I think that that's uh, that's something that does set me apart from from most of the other candidates is that. Uh, we've been here, living here, been a part of this district, and really understand the conservative values of the the folks who live here with us. Tell everybody the the path, of the the jobs you've held, the titles you've held, the the, the constituencies you've served. Yeah, so I served as a Denton County Commissioner for eight years uh, back in the '90s, and served as Denton County Judge, uh, and then later uh, worked as the Regional Administrator for the U.S. General Services Administration. And part of my job was actually to to build and maintain border stations and equip our border patrol agents. And then since then, I've been in the private sector as a financial advisor, uh, and most recently now with Ameriprise. And what I've found is that in my passion and my career, both the public sector and the private sector, has always been grounded in fiscal responsibility. Uh, It's my job to be wise with other people's money, whether it's the taxpayers or the clients we work with, uh, to build a better future for their children and families. Is there anything that's come up uh, from anybody else's campaign or yours or whenever you all have gotten together for any events where just a view you hold or a policy you have that might mean you would be a different member of Congress in terms of voting than some of the other folks? Well, I think the focus that I bring and the background that I bring is a proven record, uh, particularly in the areas of fiscal responsibility, cutting taxes, balancing budgets, and and have a passion for that area. So what I talk about, of course, once we talk about securing the border and what the path is there, because that's the most pressing issue and, quite frankly, the easiest one to fix, 
my my goal is to tackle that $34 trillion debt and how to control spending. And I've uh, I've got the experience in that regard. I have the passion for that. Uh, and it's the area of primary responsibility of the Congress. Congress created this mess, and it's the only body that can fix it. Uh, so, and too few people seem to be talking about it. Well, so that's I do, where I really want to focus my Gotcha. And, and there's a lot of talking right now about a, a bill that a lot of folks in the House don't seem to like. Some folks in the Senate do. Uh, it's been called dead on arrival by some. Have you got a quick take this morning on the, uh, on the, on the border bill that the Senate has cranked out? Well, Army's axiom number 14 is if you make a deal with the devil, you, you are the junior partner. <laughs> so I think, I think where That's we awesome. land right now is – uh, we have to we have to uh, get out or get rid of Joe Biden. There's he's an, it's an intentional uh, it's intentional on him on not uh, enforcing any border laws. Any kind of deal would play into what his ultimate goal is. I have no confidence that he would even honor it. So what we have to do now until uh, January is uh, is support Texas and 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 defend Texas efforts to to protect protect our border. More than half the states have joined in their support of Texas and focus on sending Joe Biden home. And I think the good news is come November, we are going to do just that. We're going to reelect Donald Trump. We're going to elect a Republican House and a Republican Senate. And come January on day one, uh, we can start protecting, closing and securing our border. Scott mentioned Army's axioms. It makes me smile. I want to say 20 years ago, your dad's book, I think there were 40 in all, 40 of Army's axioms. And speaking of your dad, I was curious about you know what he's been telling you and thinking about. And you guys are going to be on the same stage. Uh, up Marty B's in Bartonville, it's you. It's your dad. And somebody has Phil Graham's phone number because uh, that legendary Texas senator is in the House for an event for you as well. Yes, sir. And I'm very honored, particularly uh, not only with Dad, but also Senator Graham, because uh, because of my passion to address our debt and our deficit, you know, who better to have with us than basically the last two guys that that uh, even address that. The last time we actually reduced the debt was in 2001, and it was $3.3 trillion, and we were worried about that number. Well, who led the Congress in that effort? Dick Armey. Uh, We can't talk about ballots budgets without talking about Senator Phil Graham. So to have individuals who actually were serious-minded legislators who did the work of Congress and therefore the work of the American people is a true honor, and it really underscores my message that we need to send people to Washington who, who represent our values and will do the work to actually make a difference not just rattle cages. Therefore, Scott, his dad, Dick Army, and Senator Phil Graham. Uh, Scott's uh, Twitter uh, X account has a little uh, banner for that if you want to find out more. And that is Army uh, 4, uh, the number 4 Congress. Website is uh, Scott Army 4 FOR Congress. Do I have both of those correct? Yes, sir. Fantastic. All right, last thing then. What has it not occurred to me to ask? What's been going on on the campaign trail? What has uh, uh, come across your path that, that makes you think, hey, I got a, got a shot at this? You know, then I, I think in a crowded field like this, ain't nobody going to get 50. Name of the game is be the top two and make the runoff. So how do you do that? Absolutely. Well, it's it's number one, being uh, being out and meeting the folks. The good news for me, having been here for more than 50 years, uh, I've got relationships, friends, 
uh, roots and a record uh, to to share with folks all over the district. We've been out all over the district, uh, and and really honored to to reconnect with folks. Uh, it's it's actually you know Dad and I were talking. It's a, a little surprising that so many folks still ask me. You know, the, for the last forty years, the number one question I've gotten is, "Are you related to Dick Army?" And so <laughs> it's absolutely yes. It's a name I'm proud of and 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 honored. And I can't tell you how many people still admire and respect the work that he's done uh, and connect with that and that we share the same values. They, they know and they can kick the tires on me and see that I've uh, held myself in the, same, um, it's in the same vein and will do the exact same work, the hard work it'll take to make a difference uh, in Washington for, for the folks we represent here in the 26th. They respect that legacy with good reason. The website is Scott Army, A-R-M-E-Y, Scott Army for Congress, F-O-R, scottarmyforcongress.com. The X account is Army, A-R-M-E-Y, for the numeral for Army for Congress. Scott, thank you, man. Appreciate it. We'll be talking in safety on the campaign trail. And again, that's Marty B's, Bartonville, which is just a good place to go anytime. But on Wednesday night, it is Scott Army, his dad, Dick Army, and U.S. Senator Phil Graham. Thank you, man. Appreciate your time. Yes, sir. Thank you. You betcha. Scott Army in the field running there to be Dr. Michael Burgess's successor in Texas 26th Congressional District. 919. All righty, as promised, a look inside one of the dumbest stories, one of the just silliest developments in this primary season. And the bar for that is uh, is set pretty high. Goodness gracious me. So we go back to late last week where it was clear that somebody had slid, uh, expelled New York Congressman George Santos what appears to be $350 on the Cameo app. That's where you pay famous or semi-famous people to say stuff. It could be a birthday greeting, you know, go Chiefs or 49ers in the Super Bowl or, you know, whatever, a Valentine's thing for your wife. It's all great. And Or they will apparently take money to say crap uh, that's not true, you know, and free country and, uh, and and George's thing even has a disclaimer that says, hey, just because I'm saying it doesn't mean it's, it's actually my views. It's part of the contractual relationship between me and the consumer. Mm-hmm. Translation, you, you give me stuff on an index card, I'll say it, you know, within reason. And apparently something Mr. Santos was willing to do was smear John Huffman, who's also a candidate, along with Scott and several other folks. In that Texas 26 primary. And what the smear was, was to suggest that uh, now Mayor Huffman, when he was a member of council, uh, supported BLM. Really? Black Lives Matter. At a rally in uh, in June of 2020. You remember 2020? We were all wrapped in COVID fears and many folks were wrapped in masks. But we were also wrapped in the emotions of the post-George Floyd era. And uh, and was there a rally in, in Southlake, in very suburban, very white Southlake? Yep. And I found the flyer. Come support Southlake students in our fight to end racism and stand with victims of police brutality. Fine. All good. Uh, was this a BLM rally of, of the type that you might find in a Dallas or a Houston or an Atlanta or whatever? Well, what mattered was that then Mayor Laura Hill and then Councilman John Huffman did attend. They went. Laura Hill spoke. She said, listen, people are concerned gathering in my city. I want to I want to talk to them and, and urge calm and also tell them, by the way, we back the police. 
But this didn't matter to Mr. Santos. He referred to this as uh, attending as, as supporting BLM. That was a damnable lie. So I don't know if uh, my consternation reached him. I doubt it. Maybe it was our our, our buddy Dana Lash who does the a national show, lives in Southlake, she and her husband, and uh, and had a number of things to say about this. Uh, her, what did she say? She said that big con grifters from New York. Uh, are behind this. I have no idea who's behind this. Is it a competing campaign? Suspicions uh, are there. Or maybe just somebody that doesn't like John Huffman. Anyway, somebody paid George Santos, and George Santos lied about John Huffman on, on Cameo. And that was a big story as the week wound down. Over the weekend, George Santos comes to Texas, apologized to John Huffman in person. What? Bud Kennedy, as the story in the Star-Telegram, in a meeting with Huffman, Congressman Beth Van Dyne, who has endorsed Huffman, and syndicated radio talk show host Dana Lash at a South Lake restaurant. Huffman's one of 11 candidates for the seat vacated by Burgess. The video set off a torrid social media response when Lash and a Santos assistant exchanged sharp barbs on X over photos of a social justice rally June 6th in South Lake. Lash accused big con grifters from New York of attacking Huffman over the rally. Huffman joined then-South Lake Mayor Laura Hill at the rally as Hill spoke to a crowd of about a 1,000, mostly young people, urging calm. Santos, the first Republican ever expelled from Congress, is facing up to 22 years in federal prison on 23 felony counts alleging financial fraud. He earns money sending personal greetings as celebrity messages on Cameo.com. Santos replied to Lash that the video was paid anonymously and, quote, I don't even know who the candidates are. Really? And yet there he was on Cameo last week, saying, I know a conservative when I see one. You know, and is John Huffman a faux conservative? He happened to be in Dallas, he said, asking Highland Park Country Club for drinks. Ha, ha, ha. Cameo video was posted January 29th with Santos shouting, Hey, Mayor John Huffman. And he said he doubted voters would support anybody who supports BLM. Now, there's no retraction from Santos. Well, do you, you you don't retract I don't you don't retract a cameo video. Cameo is where people pay you money to say stuff. So, the protest in question was organized by a high school club after the George Floyd killing. This is May twenty fifth, and and the flyer says what to bring: hand sanitizer. What not to bring: violence. And everyone is strongly encouraged to wear face masks at all times because, after all, this was June of twenty twenty. Huffman says Santos was taken advantage of by liars. He did not name an opponent, saying only, quote, there is some strategy and shenanigans afoot. That's primary politics for you. All righty. And, and ultimately, just to, to wrap a bow around it, Dana Lash posted a photo of herself with Huffman, Santos, and Van Dyne, hugging and smiling. Her post, cheers to Friday. So, <sighs> all's well that ends well in that crazy little plot twist in Texas 26. All righty. Uh, various plot twists. Uh, let's go to HD2, where we have the opportunity over in that House district, where by the thinnest of margins, you gave Jill Dutton 10 minutes in the legislature. Yeah. Do conservatives want to fix that? If you do, get your act together, because you got uh, a, a couple of weeks to work on that, because it's time to give Brent Money the seat that he needs on March 5th. You going to do that? I think so, because March 5th is a lot different than this uh, this special election the other day. 
And Jill was on Inside Texas Politics with Jason Whiteley. We'll hear that, too. Hear many things. We'll hear from you, too. 866-660-5759. Mark Davis, 931. Nikki Whaley is in the newsroom. Let's take a little trip back to 1970 for a birthday. Little three-dog night. Want some whiskey and you want sugar in your tea? What's all this crazy question asking me? The vocalists of three-dog night were Danny Hutton, Chuck Negron, and this man, Corey Wells, who would have been 83 today, passed away back in 15... Know who the songwriter is on this? It's the great Randy Newman. Open up the window. And Corey Wells uh, would frequently tell that after Mama told me not to come and uh, had its run on the charts, going to number one and staying there for a while, Randy Newman called him and said, Thanks for putting my kids through college. Ah, <laughs> uh, the songwriters, they do cash in. All right, 866-660-5759. All right, we've done some Texas 26 uh, congressional race. Now let's do a little HD2. Oh, man. So we had, uh, and, and here they come again, probably just waiting sort of for the home stretch. Uh, we had the ads. We had the Brent Money and Jill Dutton ads where, uh, where Jill Dutton curiously uh, criticized uh, Brent Money for running mean ads against her while calling Brent Money a neo-Nazi sympathizer. Hmm. Hmm. Pot, meat, kettle. Uh, so, and look, it, it, this is a story of levels of conservatism. Brent Money is more conservative than Jill Dutton is. Democrats absolutely helped her win. But, but here's the thing. But that's not a primary issue, like because like, we totally need to close the primaries. Democrats need to have Democrats or voting for who the Democrat standard bears are. And Republicans need to do the same. Now, it is a primary, obviously, on March 5th. Uh, this was a special election for a uh, for, for the unexpired term of the departed Brian Slayton. Uh, so anybody can vote. Fine, whoever wants to vote can vote. But uh, it was soft GOP and Democrats that helped Jill Dutton uh, to get this razor-thin margin. This is a district. It is a district that is more conservative than she is. And I trust, please don't make me wrong about this, that on March 5th, when everybody shows up for Trump, uh, that they will show up for Brent Money as well and, and and send to Austin someone who's actually going to challenge the Dade Phelan uh, aristocracy, somebody who's actually going to back the conservative agenda, which Jill will do sometimes. She, she's not Nancy Pelosi. I mean, come on. But uh, is she as conservative as Brent Money? She is not. So uh, she was on with uh, Jason Whiteley on uh, on Inside Texas Politics Channel 8 over the weekend. You're going to have to do this all over again in a month on Super mm-hmm. Tuesday. And, and the turnout on Super Tuesday is going to be a lot higher than it, it was for the special election on Tuesday. How challenging do you expect that to be? It, we're looking at this just like we did the um, February um, election on, on Tuesday. We are going to give it everything we have, and then we're going to give it some more. We're going to work really, really hard to get our supporter, supporters to the polls. Is the higher turnout on Super Tuesday going to help or hurt you, though? 
I believe it will help me. How so? Um, I think more people are going to be coming to the polls um, that that know me now. They're, they're um, getting used to my name. I've got name recognition, name ID. And, um, you know, frankly, you know, they're not concerned about any proxy war. They're not um, concerned about, um, you know, what's going on within the party. They just want... I think people are concerned about what's going on within the party. Silly, silly me. I think people are indeed concerned about what the the direction of the Texas GOP is going to be. Will it be the kind of bold conservatism that you get, you know, from a Dan Patrick, a Ted Cruz, a Ken Paxton, increasingly a Greg Abbott? Or will it be sort of the more Austin status quo friendly, Dade Phelan friendly drone, uh, which grows wearisome for many? The choices are out there, man. You be you. Representation that's going to listen to them and, um, you know, help them. Your Republican opponent accused you of stealing this seat. Brent Money's, you know, taking the page from Donald Trump on that. Have you spoken to Brent Money since the election? No, I have not. And that is absolutely ridiculous. I won the two counties that have the most Republicans in those counties that carried Trump. He he won the the county that is mostly Democrats. Um, Even Trump received 10 percent of um, of a Democrat vote. And, um, you know, I, I just reject that. I have no control over who comes out in a special election, especially in a runoff. She's right. And, she's, um, she's, by the way, totally, a, she's completely correct about that. You, you don't, uh, nobody stole anything. Everybody voted that, uh, that wanted to vote. Uh, softer GOP and a handful of Democrats helped Jill Dutton win. Tremendous amount of conservative support. And um, we just we just made sure that we got out there and got them to the polls. School vouchers, obviously one of the biggest issues in this race. Last time we had you on the program, we talked about that. One of the clearest dividing lines, obviously, between you and your uh, your opponent. Mm-hmm. Um, to make sure that, that I'm clear and for voters in, in District 3, do you support giving Two. parents <laughs> tax money to go to public schools if there is accountability on how that money is spent? Yes, I do. I accountability is the main, main word, accountability, right? Accountability, but I support Governor Abbott and, and his plan, um, and it includes accountability. Um, I think the, the main clear differences, though, between me and my opponent is that I have extensive school board experience. Um, I have experience with public education funding. Um, I have experience listening to parents, to teachers, to students. Okay, can we talk a little bit about experience, which is a lovely thing to have? Um, that doesn't make you right. Your, your brain and your heart are what in your spine. That's what makes you right. I can find people with tons of experience listening to parents, tons of experience on school boards, tons of experience dealing with school funding uh, who think porn belongs on school board shelves and there are 37 genders. So, you know, experience is lovely, but it doesn't automatically make you right. Um, and and I'm, a, I'm a great listener, and I will listen to everyone and respect everyone's opinion, no matter um, whether they're, they're with me or, um, or we disagree. Um, but I also have um, an extensive uh, record and um, experience with te- uh, teacher retirement system. Um, we have a very clear cut difference between those two. Um, TRS is very solvent. It's the strongest retirement system in the, the state of Texas. And he has said that he is for changing that to a defined contribution plan. And I am very strong and I'm consistent that we need to keep that a defined benefit plan. You mentioned that you support Governor Abbott. Which way would you have voted on the bill last year that, that had so many Republicans in this party divided? 
it was a really good, that all of those bills, I think I could have supported any of them. Um, they had accountability in them, but they also had a lot of um, things that public education needed, like uh, increasing the student allotment. What, would you have raises. voted for it? Yes, I would have voted for it. Jill Dutton, there's much to recommend her. She's a neat lady, an accomplished woman. I don't have you know, a whole lot of bad things to say about her at all. Uh, Brent Money is more conservative than she is, so HD2, do what you wish based on your views, and I think I know what your views are. So speaking of wondering uh, what somebody's views are, <laughs> um, we have a very brief statement from John Cornyn on the Senate border bill. In a brief statement, Senator John Cornyn, key advisor to Mitch McConnell, says he has serious concerns with the border bill. Cornyn's view underscores the challenges the bill faces in the Senate to get 60 votes to overcome a filibuster. Very cool. Uh, This is potential progress. Now that I have seen the text, Cornyn says, I have questions and serious concerns. And that was Cornyn who actually spoke to Breitbart first thing. So I think that that might be something we'll work on some today and see if uh, Senator Cornyn can call on the portions of his psyche that are uh, that are conservative uh, to oppose what is a genuinely, genuinely terrible uh, border bill. Um, speaking of which, let's see, there was uh, Mike, uh, Speaker Mike Johnson was on uh, was on Meet the Press and and talked about the border bill and talked about the the Middle Eastern reaction and uh, we'll spend a little time on that this week. I think one thing the, one of the last things I wanted to get to was on this week with uh, with Stephanopoulos where um, Senator J D Vance was uh, was on and they w- one of the interesting things that the media will do is they will find and understandably so people who didn't used to like Trump and now do an attempt to have them navigate that. For example, here, give a listen. Can't stomach Trump. I think that he's noxious and is leading the white working class to a very dark place. He's leading our political discourse to a very negative place. If Trump is elected president, he has to be a much different president than he was a candidate. As a candidate, he was fundamentally divisive, arrogant. I'm a never Trump guy. I never liked him. That was J.D. Vance. Well, you could say things have changed. Here's uh, J.D. with uh, Stephanopoulos. Morning, Donald Trump, and he joins us this morning. Senator, thank you for joining us this morning. Back in 2016, you also wrote that Trump is unfit for office. Why have you reversed yourself? Well, I think at office, actually, George, he did a great job, but he proved me wrong. He also proved a lot of other people wrong, which is why I think he's doing so well in the polls these days. We have to remember, George, that Joe Biden promised to return to normalcy, and yet we have a world on fire. We have war in the Red Sea, war in Eastern Europe, war on the southern border, a terrible drug crisis, and, of course, a lot of young Americans who can't afford to buy a home. So let's <laughs> don't don't overlook what J.D. just did. And and it's a praiseworthy thing to do. He, he said, you know what? I was wrong about the guy. I was wrong about the guy, J.D. Vance says. And, and there, there are two kinds of, there aren't just two kinds of Republicans, there are two kinds of people. People who can recognize when they've been mistaken about something and people who can recognize, you know, people who can't recognize that. I mean, if I ever have a judgment call about somebody, 
and it just winds up to just be totally wrong, I'll be the first to tell you. You know, if I ever th- think I've got a read on somebody and, it, and I just it just I get betrayed, I should have seen it, or I should have seen something coming and didn't. I mean, there are genuine surprises to be had. And in fact, I don't even want to blister so very, very much the people who looked at Trump in 2016 and said, wow, I don't know if I can board that train. That's what the primaries were for. I, hi, I was a Ted Cruz guy until Cruz wasn't in the race anymore. But during Trump's ascendancy, I saw things that I could absolutely support. So when Ted popped out right after the uh, Indiana primary, first week of May, this year's primaries won't be lasting that long in terms of uh, yielding a result. It took me a millisecond to hop over onto the Trump train. Uh, For others, it was a different journey. For J.D. Vance, he was like staunchly anti-Trump, realized how mistaken he had been for being so, and adjusted himself accordingly. I wonder if the American media culture has that kind of self-reflection on the Russia hoax, on any one of the number of other frauds they've perpetrated. Will we ever get the George Stephanopoulos' and the other media mavens to recognize publicly how wrong they were? It's a good character trait to have. Let's, uh, I got to scoot a couple of final words next. Uh, JD was awesome. I'll play some more of that tomorrow. And various other things in the news tomorrow. So Cornyn said, just again, once again, one of the big takeaways, Senator John Cornyn says, he has big questions about the bill. I don't, doggone it. I knew there, when it was under construction, the Biden people said they liked it. Chuck Schumer said it's going to be, that should be all you need to know. But listen, better late than never. Senator Cornyn says he's got concerns. Well, keep those concerns alive, sir. There'll be plenty more to come. 9.50. I've looked at life from both sides now, and up and down, and still somehow it's like... You can grab a clip of Judy Collins doing the Judy Collins. Sorry, she recorded it too. Joni Mitchell, who wrote it, doing this last night in the Grammys. Just awesome. For producer Rhonda K. Moreland, thank you, Mr. Matt, for the technical guru skills, and thank you, Nikki Whaley, for news excellence. I'm Mark Davis. Mike Gallagher's next. God bless our country, our troops, our families. Enjoy this beautiful day. I think stuff's going to happen today. Let's talk about it tomorrow, shall we? 7 a.m. sound good? Right here on 660 a.m. The Answer. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.